This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And they're off on late lunch this afternoon and at Cheltenham as well. Oh, the roar in Presbury Park. What are we? Just two or three minutes away. The first big race of the afternoon. I'm sure the excitement is palpable. Anyway, you're very welcome to late lunch today and keep the race down on the side there. And if you have an old flutter, I wish you well. I hope you win loads and everybody does well and Ireland comes out on top at the meeting. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon show. Lots of people to chat to as usual. Great music for you or two on Tuesday and and where are we going today? Where is our Lizzie Doran in the world? We're going to find out a little bit later on. But I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch my first guest today. She's a remarkable woman. She's a supervisor, counsellor at the Red Door Project in Drogheda. Joanna Dwyer, it really is great to see you again. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. You're very, very welcome to the show. Well, first of all, belatedly, may I say to you and all the team, congratulations on nearly taken the top prize. You're only a smidgen away, but what an achievement at the Community Wellbeing category at the Pride of Place Awards 22. You must have been thrilled. We were absolutely honoured. It was a fantastic achievement. It's great to, I suppose, get validated for the work we're doing, Gerry. Um, we were uh, nominated by Light County Council ourselves and the Creative Spark in Dundalk with the two organisations in Loud. And we went to the to the Burlington that night and all of, uh, a lot of, dign- the, the, I suppose, the the higher up in, in, in Loud County Council with us and we had a fantastic night and we came runners up. We were mm. pipped to the post by an organisation in Belfast but uh, we were absolutely delighted mm. and it was a long process. Um, we, we There had been a voting um, a, a dignity to uh, individuals from other county councils came and we had a presentation and they viewed our service and they got we we um, had a, a lovely day when they came and, and kind of Met everybody and saw what we were doing, and um, yeah, we we uh, we we were very very honoured and we're d- delighted. And it's great to get the validation because the work is hard, Jerry, mm. and and you know it's 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 day to day. There's not many victories, I suppose, unfortunately. Um, so it was one of our 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 our, our better our better moments. Ah, well but it was done. great. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. wanted to say that to you. Start now. You say something there. There are not many victories, and just to tell people, like you are a community-based project in Drogheda, providing assistance in response to addiction issues, yeah. and you provide a drop-in service, key working, which is one-to-one addiction support, group work, and a community employment program, all encompassing there. How do people come to you? Can somebody just walk in on the street if they feel they're in trouble with addiction or is it all referral? No, anybody can just knock on the door any day we're open and we take self-referrals. So we heard a lot of people that just, you know, come and knock on the door, I need help. We take referrals from probation, GPs, hospitals. Um, so the 
the Department of Psychiatry and the main hospital. Um, guards, family members, we had the family support network would, would um, refer into us. Other addiction services, people coming out of rehab, so residential services would, would feed into us because we would be, you know, offer structure and support to somebody who's come out, mm. you know, who's newly come out of, of a residential setting. So all them avenues, anybody can, we can pick up the phone, say I need a bit of help or if a family member needs help, we can offer that as well. Yeah. You are there a number of years now. Let's talk about 2023, March, where we are today. Mm. Your journey with lots of people have come into contact with you and with all the people who Mm. work there. Are the numbers higher today than ever or where is it? And what are the age, what is the age profile of people who seek assistance? We see see everybody from 18 to 70, 75 years of age. We deal from everybody from, you know, cannabis to heroin to alcohol misuse. And we see a trajectory of, you know, young people coming through who may be cannabis and tablets and uh, I suppose a, 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 a huge cohort of individuals now, middle-aged people with cocaine use is what we're, we're primarily what we're seeing is the most common drug of, of abuse at the moment. Once upon a time, Jerry, maybe 10, 15 years ago, heroin would have been the, the most common drug, but now we're seeing cocaine, crack cocaine also. Um, but like I've said before to you, Jerry, um, well, you know, before, if if our service would have predominantly been somebody who, you know, uh, came from, I suppose, the most marginalised areas of our community. Now we're seeing people who are, I suppose, you know, middle class who have jobs, who have families, who have careers and who are knocking on our door going, you know, cocaine has really, you know, has really, you know, ravaged my life. And, you know, their use maybe would have started off recreationally. And this is something I've said to you before, where, you know, people who recreationally go out at a weekend and have a bag of coke with their few pints and their mates and see nothing really and go back, get up and go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're the people now that we're seeing that have done that for a few years and the Monday, like the, sorry, the Saturday, Sunday has become Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm. Monday. And the problem has, the, the longer, and the nature of addiction is the longer you misuse anything, you eventually step, step into the place of abuse. Not everybody, not everybody gets addicted. But, you know, people who have had trauma in their, in their background or people who have had, you know, adverse life experiences are more prone to moving towards addiction. So, you know, and I'm not saying everybody that recreation uses substances will become addicted, but uh, what we're seeing is people who have long term abused cocaine and they're starting to see the repercussions of it now. Number wise, just a up or down, steady. Oh, cocaine use is definitely up. Way up. 100%. Yes. Way up. Yeah. And as you yeah. say, across the socioeconomic, but yeah. more so, you're saying now, in an age group and an area where there is... We never saw it before, yeah. yes. Okay. In, 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 we are second in Europe for cocaine and, and can, or cocaine and ecstasy use. We are second in Europe for abuse of cocaine and ecstasy use. Ireland. You know where years ago, you know, and, and, and alcohol is a drug, you have to say that. You yeah. know that as well. Of course it is. But you know, young people started off taking a drink maybe taking a, a pull or something as well and it developed from there. I've heard now that drink doesn't enter the equation, that really an awful lot of young people today are into their fitness, their bodies, their gyms mm, yeah, and coke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that is true. A, a lot of young people maybe don't straight away, like we when I would have, when I was younger, you know, alcohol would have been the first drug of choice. That is, uh, unfortunately, is not the case. And I would re- we would see people that might present that, you know, don't even drink, just 
dry sniff is what we call it would take coke and you know it'd be part and parcel of their you know get up in the morning maybe a bit later on in the day and it's it's a constant through their day yeah we would see that yeah unfortunately and, and I suppose what you're saying around the gym um yeah, so steroid use in gyms would would be uh, would have been uh, a while ago and probably still are. But yeah, co- cocaine use and it's not as it's, it's, it's some unfortunately maybe seen as a bit of a cleaner substance. So you're not you don't get a hangover like you do with alcohol, or you know what I mean. So you know it, it, it's not it's not as debilitating. I suppose having to get up and go to work, you take another line and you can go again. So you don't get the hangover that you would with alcohol. But yeah, I I, I have yeah, and we would see people that are very much into their fitness and into their you know their physique and keeping you know and, and somewhat I often think though somewhat does that kind of skew the lines of them because they think well I'm still going to the gym and I look good and I feel good and but yet then it doesn't add up that you know the few lines of cocaine it must be okay because it's not doing too much too, mm. you, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, but the kind I, of lines get skewed I absolutely kind of get somewhat can, can give themselves permission yeah. to do it because but this is manageable so this is just part of you know what I mean as I go along and yet it's it's pulling, dragging them in pulling them in all the time how do people afford this stuff costs this is big money when you need to service a habit yeah, I suppose it has got cheaper in 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 the last while. Like a, a gram of 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 coke, you get a gram of coke for probably seventy eighty quid. Um, at the moment, it has got. It's probably not as pure, and it, it's probably cut with a lot more stuff. And you look at cocaine. Coke is cut with everything from talcum powder to rat poison to lidocaine that is put into you know for the dentist use. So it's cut into. How so long, how long would he, for an idiot abroad that's talking to you today in this world? I know nothing about it. Uh, thank God I've never, you know, I've never yeah. availed of anything I have to say in my whole life that that, that uh, equates to. I enjoy a pint now and that, but you know, um, how long would a gram? You know, how long would it that depends, do you? Depends on heavier, heavier use you are, heavier user you are. You know, some people could go through a gram in in a morning, and some people it might last them two or three nights. It, it all depends on on your use and how much you're using, but. Uh, you know, we would typically have people that are coming and they might be spending 500, 600 quid a week on coke. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. So people are obviously not paying bills. They're um, borrowing off Peter to pay Paul. They might, um, you know, uh, have borrowed money. My credit cards maxed might have be taken money from work situations. We've, I've had a few people who have got into trouble with work or with, you know, with their overdrafts or not paying their mortgages or maybe spending savings. So that's generally your people. And then people get very creative and obviously a bit of dealing. And that's what we see. We see a lot of people that maybe get in, in, into bother with, with um, you know, um, with, you know, crim, criminality because maybe that they've started to buy a bit for, you know, to feed their own habits. So I'll buy a bit for the few mates that we go out at the weekend. I'm supplying a few people and then it gets a bit more than just supplying a few people. And they don't really see too much wrong with it because it's my mates and it's the lads I go out with and it's it's not really like I'm not hanging around the end of a street, you know, it, it's it's not that murky. They don't see it as that. They can somewhat justify what they're doing, but then it becomes something bigger. Maybe the guards are aware that they're dealing and then someday the knock comes on the door and the house is raided and it's like, oh my God. Uh, what's happened here and they only realise then how deep they've got into it. How do you extricate yourself from this? You know, when you if you do that gram or whatever, you know, in the morning and you're spending five, six hundred plus, some people, you know, in more. the week to feed that, but well more. Yeah, well more. Is it, you know, you, you deal with this on a day to day. Explain to us, uh, when you are hooked on this, when you're addicted to this, how hard is it to come off it? 
Cocaine is is a drug, I suppose. It isn't physically addictive, right? It's more psychological. So it's more about the rush, the the dopamine, what we know now, I suppose, about neuroscience and the dopamine that's released when when a person takes a line of coke. And that's the pull always back, wanting that rush, wanting that, you know. And, if you know, an exercise I do with a lot of people is we we write a list of the consequences, what the drug has taken from, what it's given. And the one thing that everybody says is it's the buzz, it's the, the buzz. But it's chasing a buzz that it lasts when you get heavily when you present to a serve you present to me you, your addiction you've got your coke use has got to a stage where it it's no longer all it's doing is giving you you know five minutes of enjoyment and after that it's pretty much misery so your question was <laughs> going off on a rant your question no, no, was you didn't you're, you're, no you you're, didn't what were you saying to me <laughs> sorry you're going to go off on a feckin you're all right all together I'm saying to you you know what I mean when somebody is hooked on this you know the pull, yeah. Coming back, coming back, it's, get, it's, getting off it. It's, it's, for a lot of people, it's all they know and it's, and they don't have coping mechanisms. So people that maybe, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not able to talk about my, what's going on for me. I don't have a social uh, circle anymore. I maybe, you know, I'm not looking after myself. I don't have any hobbies or interests. So people get very insular and isolated when they get involved in addiction. So to pull out of that, they don't have any coping mechanisms. They possibly it's, it's shrouded in a lot of shame and, and secrecy and nobody knows about it. So, you know, the, the people will get a few weeks and then think possibly, OK, well, I've got a handle on this now and I can go out this weekend and maybe get a bag and it'll only be this weekend. And it won't it won't you know, I won't be I won't end up like I did the last time I used. So, yeah, the draw is huge for people. Cocaine is hugely psychological. It gives a huge rush of dopamine and then and people want that rush again. So they chase it again and they're going after and after. But as anybody knows who uses it, you're never going to get the first, like the first line you ever took or the first rush you ever, you ever got from it. That's gone because mm. you've moved into a place of the, you know, that's not, that's not there anymore. Mm. It's your, you know, your dependence, your tolerance, your, like anybody in addiction. Jerry says a listener, in my town, it's scary to see how commonplace and acceptable cocaine is among young people. It's sadly seen, as Joanne said, as an acceptable part of a night out. I really do fear for our children growing up. That's uh, something you probably hear from parents a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the worry of where where will this all end? And yeah, I, I, I get it. For, and for any parent out there, I'd always say, if if a, a child does present to you, and, you know, and they're talking about there's drug use in it, be there. Don't go screaming and roaring and go, you know, because they w- will not come to you again. So be be an open ear, listen, be a source of uh, you know of uh, education and, and 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 you know, I suppose have your own education around what's around there and keep your children you know somewhat engaged in the community and sports and stuff like that but listen at the end of the day you can only do so much and it is about if they are they come to you and yeah. they have concerns that you are an open ear and you don't go screaming and roaring and go because they will never come back and talk to you again you are you were just telling me they're going to Blaney uh, soon to talk you know to young people up there is that intervention from the likes of you and you can talk from experience yourself talk from your work does it make a difference do you believe they take on board what you say. Uh, uh, I think somewhat, um, but I also fear that when when you roll someone out, like when you roll someone like me out, and people go, "Oh well, she was a heroin addict, and now look at her, she's great." So, so I worry about the, the message being somewhat diluted, and they don't really. And you know yourself when you're that age. 
uh, I suppose, you know, curiosity and, you know, you're going to, unfortunately, young people are going to possibly come into contact and experiment with drugs. Not saying, you know, like addiction is very rare. Drug use is common, but addiction is very rare. So, you know, a lot of young people will experiment with drugs, but move away from that and, and on and live their life. So for, for any, you know, people that are worried and listening, I would, as a parent, you know, always just, you know, be, be there for them and listen and keep them involved in, I suppose, sports and stuff. Mm. And, and if there is any signs of early intervention, get, the, you know, get them support and help as as early as possible. Mm. If I said to you today, I wave my magic wand and I say, Joanna Dwyer, there you go. You can implement a couple of changes or do a few things mm. from your experience and your work and everything that you see that would make a real difference or could help, you know, with the cocaine epidemic and other drugs as well. What would you do? Is there anything you'd do that you feel we're not doing? Well, uh, you know, uh, the government are, are not putting enough money into services like, like uh, you know, the Red Door. Um, uh, you know, if, if the more people that we can help on the ground, we prevent people ending up in prison, ending up, you know, for and it's cost way more. So it, it makes sense to invest into services like ours. Trauma-informed services, more detox beds, more. At this point, if you wanted to get into a residential setting or into detox, you're going to wait months. And at that stage... I might be back using again or I might the, the want might be gone off me or I might so that that we lose people all the time because of that because we don't have the beds and we don't have the interventions there and then transitional housing people coming out of residential care who have to go back into the environment that they came from so if I you know I and I I'm, I'm, and my drug dealers living next door to me and it's everywhere around me how is somebody possibly going to get better in the environment they got sick in um, I suppose you know the decriminalisation of, of, of substances you know we we're, we're putting people in prison because um, they've committed a crime because they're in addiction so that is another a bigger conversation for another day Mm. Um, and I think um, hopefully you know it is it is going to happen it is in the pipeline but uh, you know health led response to people who are in addiction we you know nobody wants to end up in addiction nobody wants to ruin their life but you know we're punishing people who are traumatised putting them in prison um, stigmatising them leaving them with with, uh, criminal records for the rest of their life and you know and they're preventing getting jobs or you know moving on with their lives so all that mm-hmm. um, yeah. I could think of a hundred and one I know Drada specifically we do need outreach workers we need um, there is a hundred and one things that we, but look we're, we're getting there and we haven't even having conversations another thing I suppose just trying to normalise that people do end up in addiction and we talk about it more and you having me on today people are listening going okay you know people do recover and people people do get better so championing recovery and showcasing it and that's what we try and do in the red door all the time is show that you know people do get better and people you know get, move mm. on with their lives and, and, and that's what we want people to see that it's not the negative connotations of addiction that there is positive stuff there and people do get well and get better. While you're with me today I want to come back to something because you, you mentioned it there that the socio-economic groups now it's you know this was often looked at wrongly so you know what I mean in a certain category of the way we define you know people in this strata you know from bottom to top I hate even the talk about it because I think everybody we're, we're all the same really when it comes to the end yeah. at the end of the day Um but, you know, somebody who has a good job, mm. professional, lots of money, mm. can throw a few pound cocaine uh, way, cocaine's way yeah. and enjoy their weekends and partake of it with their friends and that. Those people probably don't have a view that they're part of the problem. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yes. What do you say to those people? I'd say to anybody who goes out and uses cocaine 
uh, on a night out with their mates a few pints and thinks that they're not they're not part of the problem that they're absolutely delusional everybody uh, is is part and parcel of what we had in Drogheda here a few years ago the drug feud from the the person on the street corner of a of a council estate who to the person who has the, the great job and has all the money in the world the difference is when the person in the council estate gets into addiction they don't have the resources around them to to, to bumper them up and to to you know to support them as where the person who has the nice job and the money they want to get into residential care. They want the help. They can just throw money at it, and that's unfortunately the difference. So we, we, the person in the in the in the council estate, and I hate using that word, but in the most marginalised area, their addiction is more evident. We can hide it. If I have a load of money in my back pocket and I have a nice job, I can somewhat hide the fact that I'm that my life is in turmoil, and I'll I'll I'm very I have a lot of resource around me, a lot of padding around me, and I'll possibly move on for that. But it's the person in the council estate that the eye is on because their their addiction is a lot more in your face and a lot more and the, and the issues are a lot more are a lot more prolific you did say a moment ago you said at the beginning that it, it it's a challenge every day and the wins are not enormous but there are wins Oh. You, you, you're a victory. There are many others who are I have Listen, I have, there's so many victories down there today. As I was walking out, I have a, a young man who, you know, he is five or six years clean. He, sorry, I hate the word clean, but he's in recovery and he's getting access back to his children and his partners is doing amazing. And, you know, they're the wins. You know, I, I've uh, in a group there this morning, three or four of the lads are over a year, year and a half in recovery, got jobs, you know, and these are people who were on, you know, methadone and, and, you know, and had, you know, in prison and, you know, so we do, we do have, there are victories, yeah. But unfortunately for the amount of people out there that are suffering with addiction and and that are, you know, the the wins are few and far between, but we take them every day, Jerry, because I tell you, (laughs) our jobs are hard enough and our jobs are, so it's great to see that because we, and we do, we have, we have huge success in the Red Door thankfully and it's great to be able to do it in the community because I say anybody can get recovery or get you know some level of abstinence in a residential setting but people who come to the Red Door and do a day programme and go out after they leave and go out and go back into their environment and manage the you know the triggers and cravings and manage seeing their drug dealer you know and living the life that they're they're they're, you know they're doing it in real life they're the ones you know that are going to make it because anybody can get can get recovery in, in a residential setting You take in a lot you know, when you work there, just before we finish, you take in a lot. And obviously, you you know, when you take in a lot, you have to get rid of it your, yourself as well. And those wins are great. Do you ever go in a day and think, oh, my God, oh. We're, 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 we're fighting the tide here, you know, like you do feel like fire, you're firefighting. Yeah, you do. Yeah, some do you? Days. you yeah. do. Of course yeah. you do. That's it's part, like, and part. Yeah. Um, you're putting out fires all the time. But uh, yeah. Well, you know, we try and mind ourselves as much as possible. And I'd be a great advocate for, you know, exercise and mindfulness meditation would would help me a lot. And obviously having good people around you and and just and using your support in work, you know, so we'd have supervision and staff meetings and we would talk. And, you know, there's days if you don't if you if you didn't laugh, you cry. Mm. So, you know, but uh, yeah, we have a great team down there and, um, you know, fantastic workers. And it does take a certain type of person to work in this in this area and just, you know, and and. uh, so we have all that in the red door. Uh, we've a fantastic. The service is only getting bigger and bigger, Jerry. Um, mm. You know, um, oh, we've we've some. You know, recently got a prison links worker. We have your your own your own niece or as social worker there, and the service is just 
thankfully I suppose a lot to the gearing report but also we would you know do a lot of our own um, you know applications for grants and stuff and slowly building the service to mm. one that is I suppose How many would you help on average in a week, a month, a year? How many people would pass through just before we finish? I'm going, to give, a you, I'm going to give you I suppose oh, no, this, this could be an absolute lie and Louise and my manager will kill me but I, I definitely think we had at least over 400 hits of there are 400 individuals that came through our service last year my, you know, my, so, my. all yeah. seeking help and needing help badly. Yeah. You're great people wonderful and I must say you're splendid in your red. It must be the official outfit for the red door today. <laughs> Joanne O'Dwyer, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you do you, fantastic. Jerry. Good luck to everybody there and keep up the great work. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're off the mark in Cheltenham Marine National. The first winner of the festival is Irish, trained by Barry Connell and ridden by Michal O'Sullivan or Michael O'Sullivan and a win for the Irish to get us going at Cheltenham. Happy punters already, I'm sure over there with the shamrock and the green, white and gold on. We'll keep you posted as the races go on through the afternoon. Now, you probably know some people or people I'm going to talk about for the next while. There are people out there who believe that if they desire, think about, want something and ask for it, that it will ultimately come their way. Yes, the law of attraction, they believe, will bring you your heart's desire But is it that simple? Can we will something to come our way or something to happen? Brian Penny is a neuroscientist and psychologist and he's been writing about it recently and I'm fascinated. Afternoon, Brian. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Delighted to be here. Well, well, well. Talk to me about this because, you see, I know people like this as well. I know somebody who has a National Lottery winning cheque, a copy of it for a million euro in front of them. And they are convinced, Brian, that money is coming their way. I know, I know many of them, Jerry, And I think it's like you mentioned it just there. Is it that simple? It is far, far, far from that simple. Like manifesting the law of attraction. They are real things, but it's far from as simple as wishing something or imagining something into your life and getting it. And one of the things, you mentioned a lot out there, and I think that's one of the things that like people imagine like having this boat. They have a vision board or they envision winning the lottery, but they're not taking any action. Like The only action they're taking is actually buying a lottery ticket, which gives them a one in a 50 million chance of winning it. Mm. So what it comes down to at the end of the day is action. It's the actions that we take. Now, the part of that, the, the why, why belief and why thinking plays a role in that, because you've got to believe before you can take action. So the belief and the thinking around that and the visualizing is just the first step on the ladder so you can take the action to bring these things into your life. And that's, that's really what it's about. And Brian, like with the lottery, I don't want to dwell on this because there are other things people desire as well. As you say, you've only a one in so many million chance and you can, you know, desire it, believe it, have a vision of it as well. But at the end of the day, it's a bit of luck, isn't it? It's a bit of luck. And I think the one thing that I I don't like about, um, like with the lottery and in terms of people saying, think and believe and just manifest it into your life, it's that it it, it taps into people's unrealistic hopes. Mm. And if people are really, really struggling, like let's say they're stressed in life, the, the kids are getting bullied in school, different challenges going on, financial struggles, their own mental health. Well, winning the lotto taps into this unrealistic hope. And that's something that I kind of have a problem with. And it sort of negates the the, 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 the the hard work, that the effort that we need to put in to get there. 
But if people are really struggling in life, whether it's their mental health or physical health, financial struggles, it's really difficult for them to put that hard work in to get manifest those things into their lives. So what comes into that as well is kind of a privilege that some people have. Like it's easier to manifest if you're in a good position mentally and financially than someone that's really, really struggling. Yes, and I'll tell you one area I, I, I enjoy that, as I said, I was, I've been reading you recently. You talk about, like, relationships. And, and of course, you know, you say there, you've got to put, you know, this into action, positive thoughts and beliefs needed. But you did say, and in particular with relationships, where people say, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to go out with somebody or meet somebody. I'm not good enough. The biggest thing in the way is yourself. Talk to us about that for a moment, would you? Yeah, I love I love that line. I love how that you went down that direction because something that's really really important. I don't, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard it a long time ago. And obviously, I'm talking to a man because it relates to me. Yeah. But it's not like wish yourself to find the person of your dreams. That for for me, the partner of my dreams. It's about be the person, be the man that deserves that person to come into your life. So it puts it back in your court. So you've got to become the person that deserves to be with the person who you want to find. And again, it puts the ball in your court. You've got to take action. You've got to become, maybe it's to become more compassionate. Maybe it's to become more um, vulnerable so you can meet the person that you want to meet. So again, it's working on yourself. You've really got to change things about yourself if you want to meet a certain person in your life. As well as that, uh, I know you mentioned Beyonce, and you know so many, <laughs> so many girls want to be the next Beyonce or whatever. But you're you're so right when you say, may I say this to you? you you've got to be realistic here as well. You've got to have ability, talent. You've got to work hard, and that look thing again comes into it. You need all that, don't you? Before you have any possibility of never mind being Beyonce, but you know, getting called to yeah. sing for Ireland in the Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> this is it like I might want to be the next Bono but I can't sing to save me life like you know it's Beyonce it's Bono and I think like there's God given talent that's there now I, the one thing is Jerry I do believe we can get 95 to 99% of the way there with hard work persistence consistency grit and determination and, and something that I, that I didn't mention here as well like sometimes it's not about doing things it's about removing things removing barriers yeah. So if you're really struggling with not good enough, you have these limiting beliefs, it's about changing your mindset, removing these limiting beliefs, removing the things that are holding you back. Maybe you're anxious and stressed. Well, re- try to work on yourself to help yourself to become more comfortable with that, change your relationship with anxiety and stress. Now, I know these things are really, really difficult, they're challenging, but it's, it, it puts the ball back in your court, like taking ownership for things to bring it into your life. But we do have to recognise the fact, like, that to reach certain levels, like we're talking about Beyonce and Bono, there is God-given talent that, that is there as well. And we've got to be realistic again with that. Some people are delusional. I don't have to remind you about this. And actually, actually, Brian, we are, yeah, we are, we all are to a degree. You're right, you're 100% right. But you know what I'm saying, Brian? You often see people who are delusional and you look at them, especially in the entertainment world and, you know, all where their high profile is as well. And you wonder, how the hell did they ever make it to where they are today? Because I, I can't believe it. You know what I'm getting at? There are some people get through yeah. the net. Yeah. Yeah, dead right there. And th- this is probably another reason why manifesting has really grabbed on to to people's um, 
belief systems and, and, and why it taps into gives people that unrealistic hope Cause, because sometimes it's not so unrealistic like what we call it or you can blag your way to success like that's kind of something that we say mm. or, or somebody's a chance or they just put themselves out there and it is true like if you act as if people are going to believe it as well and sometimes if you believe you're amazing in a certain area that can sort of give you the, the, the impetus to take the actions to get there so if you're a bit of a uh, if you're a bit bold in your actions, even if you don't have the talent, another great line I heard one time was, "Take a big bite and learn how to chew later." So like you might know how to do it, but go for it. See where you are, blag your way in, and then and then figure figure it out later. So you still have to put the work in after the event, but that belief can get you a long way if you just put yourself out there. When we come back to the manifestation and manifesting things and people, you know, they have this to the forefront forefront of their minds and then it doesn't happen over a period of time. That can really, you know, take people down. Very, very disheartening. And it's it's really interesting. Now, I'm, I've done a lot of research around this. Like, I, I often feel that the biggest challenges and obstacles in my life my biggest failures I, I would say have been my greatest successes in the end so I think this is around reframing it like one of the one of the biggest like I was 15 years in addiction in, her, in heroin addiction and it turned into my greatest asset it started giving me a story it's given me a narrative to launch my own business to launch uh, the, the profile that I have um, and there was lots of other things, like I mean, two years of a PhD research wiped out with COVID. I never had any book launch wiped out with COVID. But reframing those as opportunities. And I think that's the way we have to look at things. Like, it's not that you failed. It's an opportunity to learn and do it better next time. And I'm sort of really interested in uh, the meaning of words and the, the etymology of how words came to be. And success, whether it's success, in your uh, mental life, your personal life, relationships, money, whatever that is for you, well, whatever the word success is, I'm sort of interested in the word success. And if you look into that, it comes from the Latin word succediere, I'm probably butchering that word, which means to come after. So when you look at people who have had phenomenal success in their lives, like J.K. Rowling was rejected 47 times. Some of the most successful people in areas of life, they had the failures, they had the rejections, but they, it was just another step on the ladder to success. So if you manifest and you try to bring something into your life, we'll say, right, well, what can I do next time? What actions can I take to do it better next time? So try not to be deterred and use it as a stepping stone rather than seeing it as a failure. That's really good advice because it ain't just going to happen. That's the message I take from our conversation today. If you sit there and put these images in front of you and hope and wish and everything, it ain't going to happen, Brian. It isn't. But you, you know what the great, the one thing is, Jerry, and this is a challenge that we have as humans because we're very biased towards the present moment. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's called a salience bias. Like, Everything that's going on around us seems like the most important thing in the world. But when you keep on putting one step in front of you, that interest, like compound interest, that builds over time. You build this momentum and the persistence and the patience and the grit. If you keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, it turns the momentum that that creates, it can turn into a juggernaut and then things just come into your life. So take small steps, but do it consistently. And that's, I believe, that's where you'll get the, the, the real good coming into your life, whether it's manifesting what it call or what you will, it's that consistency over time. 
it will happen. Where can people find you? You mentioned there, have your websites? How can they have a look at I, more about you? I do indeed. I say the best place to go is probably the easiest place to go is Instagram. So it's BrianPenny78. Also, uh, my website is BrianPenny.com. But I'm, as you know, I'm actually doing tomorrow night, I'm launching an Instagram Live series, free Instagram Live, nine Instagram Live series. And I'm looking into the neuroscience of resilience, trauma, addiction, exercise, nutrition, and I'm sort of looking at the intersection between mental health and neuroscience and biology between all of these concepts. So it's every Wednesday for the next nine weeks at 6pm, but we'll be saving the grid. So if anyone's interested in that stuff, tune in there. And he's P-E-N-N-I-E, Brian Penny. Check him out. You're a great fella. I've loved our conversation. Talk to you again. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Great guy there, Brian Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. Check him out. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd be number number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Yes, I'm going back a little bit for my two on Tuesday today. And when I tell you that this song was a big number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 on the 5th of April 1975. By that time, it had sold a million, a million in the States. In the UK, well, it just didn't make it to number one. Thank God it didn't because I can play it today. I don't mean that disrespectfully. But yes, it made number two, sold quarter of a million I simply love it. It's Miss Minnie Ripperton. Loving you, I see your soul come shining through. And every time that we, ooh, I'm more in love with you. Simply, simply beautiful. How did she get that note? I don't think there's a note like it anywhere else in popular music. Sadly, she died when she was only 31 years of age, Minnie Ripperton. Ah, really, really sad. Shocking indeed. What a talent she was. But will always, always be remembered for that song, Loving You. Number two in your two on Tuesday on Late Lunch, this Tuesday afternoon. So, what prevented it from making the top spot in the UK. Well, let's have a listen. All my love, all my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Well, Miss Louise Walsh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Louise. Sounds like one of those toys at Christmas when the batteries start running out. <laughs> well, you know what? You're not far oh, wow. wrong because you see, that was a Buddy Holly song <gasps> that he sang with Real a bit more gist. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you think? No, mini, mega mini. Oh, oh. come on, mini Love to Ripperton. be able to, as you say, reach those notes without all the dogs in the neighbourhood going mad. <laughs> <laughs> Starting down around you. <laughs> um, so it's mini Ripperton by a mile's oh, day. In your, and mine too, mm. the Mud song. It was number one, that song for Mud for two weeks. The, the third number one, the final number one, it, it was indeed. But I don't even get to number one. <laughs> 
don't know. There's no accounting for people's tastes, is there? No, mini Ripperton by a mile, I have to say. And you know what, Louise? While we're talking about our two and twos, then of course at that stage it was all vinyl. You know, you mm-hmm. were you were buying, and we think of a million she sold mini Ripperton mm-hmm. in no time. Um, news today from the United States that vinyl record sales have outperformed CDs for the first time since 1987. Really? They got the stats for 2022. 41 million, million, 41 million vinyl records sold in 22 compared to 33 million CDs. And listen to this. Physical copies of music in the States continue now to outperform digital downloads. Oh, that's great. Isn't w- that amazing? I wonder how many of those new vinyl being sold are being played on old record players. Well, that people might have not thrown out. Yeah. You know, kept in case it did ever come back. Well, there's a good one now. Has anyone kept an old record player from way back? I had to get a new one. You know, I got a new one as a gift. Sarah mm-hmm. bought me a new one as a gift one Christmas. Uh, and I love it. It's a new little turntable. And we had, had you an old, you had you had a record player, had you a grown up in your house? My sister had one, Yes. Yeah. One of the, you know. Bright orange one. Yeah, yeah. And then there were big cabinets with them in them as yeah, well. Yeah, you used remember to love them. them. Remember they looked really impressive, yeah. Wonder if anyone Death. has, anyone got an old, a real old record player that they didn't throw out in their homes? Let us know. 086 1800 658. Now, not if you've got a new one and lots of us who are back at vinyl. Mm, the old have. one. The old Pre, one. What was it? Did you say 1980? Something oh, God. They went yeah. out. Did yeah, you well, there? Yes, I just kind mentioned the year there. Yeah, yeah, 87. The first time that vinyl has outsold CD. CDs, you know, came in mm. 1987. Pre-80s, let's say, if you have one, you know, pre-87 anyway. Anyone got a record player from back then? 086-1800-658. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you on Late Lunch. But that is an interesting stat mm, indeed. Do think the tapes will ever come back? No. Oh, no, putting the pencil into the middle of them like, and trying to rewind the book and thing when the the hot, the tape <laughs> was all strewn out everywhere. Oh, Jesus! We have the tape in the the top ten from the from the radio and look at me tape. It's in bits here. No, I can't see the tapes no? ever come back. No, oh. no tapes won't come back. You know, some people will challenge me. I'm sure on that, but I can't see it. No, I can't. I can see CDs having their day again. D- DVDs. Have you? Yeah. Have you? From a kid, I used to. And as you say, all the blank tapes, all mm, the compilations. Yes. Loads of them at Gas, home. gas altogether. Well, Louise, I won't rain in your parade. I hope they do someday, but I have a hunch they may not. Anyway, he's back with us. One of our great regulars, Tony Conlon's on the road next. Tony Conlon's in the hot seat. Great to see you again. Welcome thanks, back. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Well, you are driving a very interesting car today. It's out in the car park here at LMFM, the Citroen C5X. Tony, may I say to you about this car? I was having a look at it. Yeah. What is it? Is it an SUV? Is it an estate? Is it a hatchback? What is it? Do you know, it's marketing people at their best, really, because what's happening here is anything that's a little bit high, a little bit large, it gets a name. So if it's a a bit higher than a car, it's a crossover. And if it's higher again, it's an SUV. It has the space of an SUV too. Like, you know, it's a huge boot in it and a big interior accommodation and space in it. And interesting, it's, it's in a... The hybrid version and petrol is the one point. No diesel. No diesel. No diesel. And that's the that seems to be the way of the world now. There's no. De- You're talking about the space. I had it. The you know the virtual look at it. Yes. Uh, 
spacious, com- a comfortable Citroen anyway, known for their comfort, yeah, aren't they? There's yeah. no doubt all about that. Like, again, it has a special, we just leave it as say a special suspension. It's not overly complicated or anything like that. It's designed for comfort. And it's not like the old Citroens that you had more comfort and less road hauling, but you have a beautiful blend in this of good road hauling and lovely comfort and a beautiful interior design. And I like the high tech and the screen and all that about in the driving position. The 1.2 litre engine produces 130 brake horsepower. Little did I ever think I'd see the day that that will be made to an 8-speed automatic gearbox, which now measures up to a beautiful, beautiful drive. As you say yourself, Jerry, uh, there's a plug-in hybrid with a 1.6-litre pure-tech engine with 180 brake horsepower. The one I'm driving is 130. It's plenty, absolutely mm. plenty. But as you say, we are heading that direction, you know, like, mm. so it's only going to be over the next couple of years that yes. we'll be going yeah. petrol. Or yeah, it, it, seems to be, it seems to be the case. But overall, what do you say? Where is this car? Who is this car for? What category? Is it a family car? It's a family is, car. Yes. It's a family car. But here's where, here's where price might put in. It starts off at 36900 which is not too bad. Remember I was telling you about the, the Suzuki S? Uh, S-Cross that yes. the value factor yes, yes. I met people who couldn't believe about the value factor the Citroen is, is nice there but now Jerry, look, I'm look our viewers can't see it unfortunately but I have two page, pages almost of standard equipment on the one I'm driving and that brings the price up to 46,000 odd Mm. But, so, but I there's just an awful lot you have about. so much and again safety very a great car safety wise gets one of the highest uh, uh, ab- absolutely like radar control active safety like we can go on and on electronic stability program hill start assist tyre under inflation detection tyre repair kit which I'm not a fan of any, any car outer seat belts and all that but eyes effects for the children and all that so much stuff on the car. Mm. Uh, well worth going in and having a look at, at the Citroen. The Citroen. Yeah. Highly recommended by Tony. He loves the car. I know that it's the Citroen C5X. It's a fantastic car. Let's go on to the Mazda uh, CX-60 because this is one you've had recently as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, my, my look at this car, yeah. it has a huge bonnet on it, Tony. Massive, yeah. Uh, massive bonnet and the engine is set back but you kind of nearly wonder about the space of it you think it would have more internal space but not, yet you're not lacking mm. uh, even the boot space with the, with the seats down all you have plenty of space the, the, the problem is here I always had a likeness I won a Mazda back in 1986 did you? yeah <laughs> Good on you Mazda 323 <laughs> and I loved it and ever from that day I love Mazda because yeah. I love the build quality of them mm. and I, I loved their little bit Ahead, there was even a light in the, and the, the, we inserted the key into the door of an 86 model, like you know, mm. would light up with the key. But it's only little things like that. But then you had the, the paint, the coverage, the build quality, the gaps in the panels, and all that. So the likeness of love for Mazda was never really questioned over the years until I drove the CX60. Now, where's the little bit of hesitation coming in here? And it's not that I don't, I don't, I didn't love the car. We're, we're friends, but you know, mm. we're not. Mm parters and such so quite a hesitation despite everything despite the soul red crystal metallic colour despite the beautiful build quality despite the beautiful electronics inside and everything simple to touch the driving position the leather seats it had 10,100 euros worth of equipment extra equipment over the standard stuff despite all that I'm not a fan God help us, but I'm not a fan of plug-in hybrids. I'm not a big fan of them, Jerry. And the reason I'm not a big fan of plug-in hybrids is that if you put a tennis ball in one hand and it had drop, and you see the bounce it makes, but just chest high, and put a golf ball in the other hand and let it drop, 
and there's a different bounce. Mm. And I'd, it's not that the world is full of ramps, but every town now has little ramps. And you get that different heavy feel. You know straight away, doesn't matter how slow you're going, crossing it, a, a ramp in, in the town of Trim, even, especially in, in uh, Loma Street, crossing the ramp at very slow speed, you got that bouncy bounce effect. That's what I found off it. Now, it has low CO2s. There's no doubt all about that. And I, I definitely believe in that. It's 33 grams per kilometre. The other thing it says here, I, it's not that I doubt it, uh, 1.1, 1.5 litres per 100 kilometres. Like, uh, like, that's massive mileage. I didn't receive that. Mm. I double-checked it. I wrote about the car in Saturday. And I double-checked it outside uh, where, where it was, had a park to see what the computer was saying. And I did plug it in with the granny lead. That's a little three-pin lead. It's really useless unless you park it all day, you mm, know. Mm. But uh, one at home was given a bit of a problem. But I did plug it in. I did use the regenerative braking. And the best I could get out of it was 8.3 litres per under kilometres, which is about 33 miles per gallon. Mm. Now, that's the problem. And the other thing is, it has a 2.5 litre petrol engine. And this is what's going on with plug-ins. If... If Jerry, if you bought a plug-in and I bought a plug-in, we'd have to discipline ourselves to plug them in whenever the opportunity arises, to plug them in. Because the plug-in, that's when the electricity is aiding your economy. Mm. It's not that I didn't plug it in. I didn't have enough maybe opportunities, but I really tried to try and get the best out of it. If people buy them and don't plug them in, you're defeating the whole purpose. You might as well go and buy, buy a train. You know, buy an old one of the yeah. old steam trains or whatever <laughs> that burn coal all over the place and put a chimney on the top of it or whatever else. So but what you're saying to me, this requires discipline with all plug-in hybrids. You're now yeah. the other thing. There's a fair lump of an engine in that car you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, there. Yeah. Now it has a huge bonnet as well yeah. and a good lump of a car also. But that's the thing that perplexes me. You know, I know somebody picking up a car today, sixty kilometer with the plug-in you get, and it's a petrol as well. So presumably you drive round town. Right. You're fine. Okay, we'll stay, stay down for a moment. And I'm going to answer that for you. The battery of this car, by the way, no different maybe than any others, is 175.1 kilos. Mm. That's, that's what it measures. The, the vehicle itself, big vehicle, yeah. is almost two tonne. It's depending on all the assessments. Yes, on. yes. So it's big. Now, you mentioned about the distance and the plug. Mm. You, the claim distance on this one here is uh, 62 kilometres. I didn't really get that on it, uh, 62, because mm. I got it near fully charged and a couple of times, but I didn't get that on it. The one vehicle that kind of done more so, what it says in the tin, was the Kia Nero, which won the women's car of the year, world car yes. of the year, uh, the, the Nero the plug-in. Uh, that done it all right. Exactly what I was saying was, I'm not saying the Mazda's much off the mark. It's not. It's fractionally off the mark. Mm. But if you ideally with a small plug-in I know this saying I'm going to good master but if you can do the small short runs the town runs in pure electricity yes. bring it back and plug it in you could drive a plug-in all week yes nearly all week yeah okay so that's the thing about it that's where the advantage Depends is on where you're working short runs round town of that as soon as you go in the distance you'll be Petrol. Yeah, and, and certainly on the motorways. There's yeah. no doubt at all mm. about that. So, I, I know you, and you're a mooring man all your life. You've ha- you have reservations here. You, So, are you saying then in a general sense, let's broaden this out, is it the whole hog you're saying, full electric, you know, yeah, is... Well, well, it's up to me, editor, but all the, I finished off by saying before <laughs> it comes to the price, all electric may be the answer. Mm. 
That's I hear what you're saying. It hasn't been published. I hear yet, what you're saying. That, that's, and, that's, that's yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's good for listeners to hear what you're you're saying about that as well. And, or hybrid, no? Yeah, of hybrid. Now, we're going to just let's leave the other two cars you drove recently. I want to move on to something else because yes. this ties in with what we're talking sure. about. The Ford Puma ST. Now, the Puma. I put my cars on the table and my wife has a lovely Puma on your recommendation. Beautiful car. Yeah. And it's a self uh, charging. There's no plug in with this. No, it's, it's, a, it's a mild. It's a mild, it's a mild you know hybrid. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. W- where do you start? What do you think of that type of car? Well, look, there's another one of them in my family. My sister yeah. has one. <laughs> okay. And she absolutely loves it too. Yes. And the fact about it is that the mild hybrid is aid in economy and aid in start there. It's not a full hybrid, but mm. it's, it, you're getting help out of it and you're getting help from a, a performance pers- perspective also. So you have economy and help from performance. And it's grand. You know what I mean? It's. it's it's one hundred percent as far as it goes, and the pure hybrid, the bigger one that Toyota does, yes, uh, it's good to us also. Okay, okay. Just wanted to really get your view on that. Really Talk good. to me about the Ford Puma ST Power Shift. What? what well, why the, do you the, want to mention this? Today? Well, the Power Shift is a, it's it's the fastest Puma out yep. to date. It's produced one hundred sixty seven brake horsepower. It has a seven speed automatic transmission, and it is. I haven't driven it. It's on its way, or else it's in. It covers not to one hundred and seven point four seconds. Mm. It's not very fast in that respect, but uh, six point three per uh, liters per hundred kilometers. Not too bad if it does that. But we'd have to drive it yes, to see. Yes, to see. Yeah. But it's a, it's a car that's well capable of taking the extra punch. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's a great suspension on it and a great yeah. driving position on it. Oh, it's a lovely car, I have to say. They, they're a beautiful car, the Ford Pumas. There's no doubt about that. Now, come back to, you mentioned Kia Nero there. It's yeah. been named just recently as Women's World Car of the yeah. Year. I never knew there was such a thing, but there you go. Uh, just ladies from 43 countries yeah. actually represented <laughs> there here. There you go. So it is a worldwide uh, car uh, for ladies. Um you alluded to it a moment ago and the performance it gives from what it claims. Tell me about that. Which car is the, the, the Kia, the, the the Kia, Kia Nero. Nero. Yeah. yeah, well, look, Jerry, the Kia Nero, for example, I'm I just trying to remember what my just said, but I, give, I can give you an example. I drove it twice from Talla, from Talla, South Dublin County Council in Talla to Trim. No battery, no, no engine power, petrol power whatsoever. Pure electric having a charge fully and I drove it charging that night back the next morning the same so the distance there is about 54 or 5 kilometres ok so I think they recommend something like that and that's 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 very livable if if you're tra- training your brain to do it you know if you're yes. plugging in the car yes. and tra- driving economically like yeah. the, if, if you're buying all these fancy cars spend a fortune and you're not prepared to go a little bit of eco mode here well you know. Yeah. So the Kia Nero does what it, it said uh, says on the tin. Um, the the new Renault Kangoo. Yes. Yes. Well, Renault are doing very well. Mm. Insofar as their the master is number one in the LCB market, their Renault vans are now number two with twenty one percent share. Uh, they're going the, the Kangoo has got bigger in every respect. They have two versions of weightness and they've they've two different types of power. They have diesel power and they will have all electric. And prices start uh, at around. Well, let's get this now. Jerry, prices start around twenty six thousand four hundred ninety five. You pay an extra ten grand for the electric. Okay. Right. In it. So yeah. the, the, they're, they're, still, they're still pushing. Now, I read something this morning, it came from the UK, where it said like, vans are definitely going to go electric and vans are going to go electric. 
Renault are claiming 300 kilometres here that's fine but some vans I've driven are only doing 150 and max 200 even mm. so if Renault get the 300 out of Kangoo that, that will work for them it's okay but it's it's a van now that's more competitive there with the Berlingos of this world and the Peugeot partners of this world mm. and uh, as I said to you yeah, there's different pay, pay rate, uh, rates in it too but it looks very good and there's a lot of equipment on it two trim levels Excellent. So it's there. Have a look at it if you're yeah. in that business. If you're in the business, yeah. it's one that Tony likes and it's well worth checking out. I wanted to talk to you briefly about BMW and they have new models, the X5, X6, yeah. M3, CS and a new iDrive system. But here's the thing. Hydrogen. Yeah, yeah. They're after producing 100 vehicles. Now, they had prototypes a couple of years back. They're after producing 100 vehicles. It's out there in test. They're going, to, they're going to go to various events with these and let people drive them and all that. But you can see the way where they're spending the money. Yeah. You know, and so, there's more and more speaking. I mm, saw a hydrogen car mm, 15 years ago, Jerry. Yeah. Watch this space. This yeah. is common. Tony, t- time has beaten us today. We'll mm-hmm. be back. We have more there, but we'll get back to you next month for sure. Thank you so much indeed. You're fantastic. Love talking to you. You're such a, a, a man that knows the ins and outs of cars. And Tony will be back next month with a new one to review and more besides. Tony Connell, thanks a million. Very welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Oh, I love that song. I do indeed. She's still number one, Louise, in the UK charts. Pink came in with something big, but it <laughs> didn't knock our Miley off top spot. I think it's because we love her and we play her. And the news is this as well. I'm going to tell you a little news. Uh, she's actually released a follow-up to that. And there's speculation that the follow-up will not- come in and go to number one. This week, watch this space in when the When was the last time that ever well, happened? Well, I'm sure Adele, that. I'm sure, yeah, or someone like of, that. Yeah, one of those, Ed Sheeran, or one of those mm. people, you know what I mean, for sure. But Ed, uh, I think he had a one, number one, two and three at the same time, didn't he, or something stage. like that. There yeah. you are, yeah. Thank you, we've had a, a lovely response to people who have record players going back. Yes, I'm going to come back to it on tomorrow's show, I promise you. We're going to uh, touch on that again. Thank you to everybody who's in touch. We asked people if they had an old record player pre, say, 1987, let us know if you're just joining us on the show. Welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. If you have an old record player, pop us a message. Let us know you have it. WhatsApp is in a pick of it if you have it. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. There's a Mead fan. Can't get a ticket for the Mead Dublin game, Louise. Ooh, and she goes so to nice. every single game. Anybody help there? A woman, she says, I've never missed a game. It's sold out. I can't Try get tickets Jack's for Mead. Go into Jaxie. <laughs> Go, now that's from a we that's from a Navin a Navin woman telling you go into Jackie tell him that Louise Walsh sent you <laughs> Louise Welsh sent you into the shop and Jackie's to look after you with tickets that's a good idea if you can't get tickets well Jackie should know somebody yeah, or... yeah if you go every game come on you got to get a get a ticket for sure but Louise did you ever hear of a man called Dick Fosbury Dick Fosbury no the Fosbury flop no. 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 Some kind of pancake. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how would, would you just think of that? How, why do you always bring it back to your, uh, your, your kitchen exploits? Anyway, do you, know, do you know the high jump they do when they run uh, from the ground and they go over the bar? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was the first man to do that. They normally, you know, went across it uh, on their front. You know what I mean? Mm. Go over the bar in front. But Dick Fosbury was the first man 
to go across on his back. Oh, and that's kind of the main one. They, they do it that way now, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's known as the Fosbury flap. Maybe he went on his belly. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> Why did you mention that pancake? You have me all over the place. They're going to come on now and hammer me. Hold on. Jeez, I can't they even... normally go over on their back. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> you and your bloody pancakes. <laughs> you can't blame me for that. You and your fucking pancakes. What am I doing here? Jeez. Dick, where have you gone? Oh, I found him. I found him. I found him. Listen, <laughs> it was the high jump, right? And he leapt backwards over the bar. So you're right. Back. Was I right? Was yeah. I right? Yeah, backwards of the bar to win the gold medal at the 1968 Mex- Mexico Olympics. Dick died yesterday. He was 76, oh. so he was. But he's will be long remembered for the Fosbury flop when he went over the <laughs> high jump. It was a Kelly flop there. <laughs> there certainly was. I have to admit, it was a real flop there. Maybe Dick just made that happen. But you were right. <laughs> Thank God. I got a bit of a sweat in me there. Anyway, we're heading to the top of the hour. News, weather and sport on the way. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's number three from this very week in 2007. And when I tell you this song was released on the 5th of February 2007, there you are. I didn't think I had, I'd have to say it next year. It was the lead single from their second album, Yours Truly, Angry Mob. And it became the band's first Number one single on the 25th of the second month, 2007. And, of course, this week it was on its way back down the charts. Yes, on its way down, but a big, big seller. One of the best songs from the year in question. Yes, you're number three in my top five countdown this week. It's the Kaiser Chiefs and Ruby. Tell them what you said, that you wouldn't do what with that song? You wouldn't do the Fosbury, is the Fosbury flop. Yeah, <laughs> You couldn't build a momentum to no. do a high jump with that song. Well, at the start, where they do the slow hops, but then as you build the momentum, yeah, nah. maybe not. It wouldn't get you. I think oh. I'm at that stage in my life where anything's, I, <laughs> I don't want, like listening to that in slow, because if I stop, then that's just it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that that song was probably synonymous with Cheltenham? Really? Yeah. Why? Ruby Walsh. Ruby, oh. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> when he was winning all round them at Cheltenham. Just yeah. Anytime I there. ring our Seamus Farley, he answers the phone to Louis, 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 Louis. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a little story behind that song that I'm going to tell you because the band members were asked, who was Ruby? You know what I mean? And the lead singer, Ricky Wilson, said that she's super cool, unapproachable, and that there was a girl like that at school. But guitarist Andrew White contradicted them and said, nah, it's not really about anybody. If you know someone called Ruby, it's about them. But then the truth emerged only in 2022 on a TikTok video from Nick Hodgson, another member of the band, and he did reveal that the song was about Ruby, his family pet, a black Labrador. 
<laughs> there you go. So the truth came out after years. That's what that song is actually about. There you go. Dog. Diddy about, about a dog, about Ruby the dog. Yeah, very, very good, I have to say. Anyway, I like the song. Yeah, it is a big hit. It was for them and a number one in the UK. Well, where's Lizzie? Where is our Lizzie Doran this afternoon? She's heading towards Australia, but she's doing a big trip across the Far East. She's waiting for us. We're going to talk to her next. Our Lizzie Doran is trekking through the Far East on her way to Australia. Where's Lizzie today? Afternoon, young woman. Hello. I'm great. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we have you okay. Well, look, first off, remind our listeners, about two weeks since we spoke, where were you then? I was, last time we spoke, I was in Koh Phangan, an island off Thailand. Yes. Now, what's happened since? Oh, Beethoven. A lot of things have happened since. So I'm currently in Singapore. I'm looking over, I'm sitting outside by the river right now, looking over at the Marina Bay Sands Hotel. If anyone knows what that is, it's this massive hotel that's like three skyscraping towers with like nearly like it looks like a surfboard on top of it. Like it's just ginormous for the context of size. Have a Google. It's just insane. Singapore has, is like it's just a different world. It's like the future. But since the last time we spoke, we went we basically went from Koh Phangan. We went island hopping around Thailand. So from there, we went to Koh Samui. And that was stunning. Really, really nice. It was very much uh, on the island. It was very, very like kind of hectic party vibes. But we did an awful lot of like day tours out and we were on a gorgeous like speedboat tour. We got brought to all the surrounding islands. Went to Monkey Island. We did snorkeling in like the Marine National Park. It was just absolutely amazing. We swam like the Blue Lagoon. Like every, there's just so much to do in such little amount of time. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was a fantastic place. And then after that, we were actually due to go to a place called Kotao, but we were on the ferry and we decided to change route because one timing and two, when we looked up Kotao, there was a couple of um questionable stories that were put up about it, and we were like, do you know what? We just won't put ourselves in that kind of situation and we'll dawdle off. So we went off to um, Kofifi. Kofi, it's actually called Kofifi, but it's spelled P-H-I. So my Irish accent just can't seem to get the pronunciation correct. And it's just embarrassing for myself. But it was one of the most beautiful places I think I have ever been. It was just long white sand beaches like beautiful clear waters like what we saw baby sharks there we saw like it was just like it was looking like looking through a glass like the water was just so crystal clear it was amazing but um there also kopipi is very very party orientated we had um some funny some funny instances there my friend leonard um he his he got in, an injury on his leg. Now it's only a very minor um, cut, really. But when he went to the doctor, like on the diagnosis, it's like his what happened to him is fell off mechanical cow, and it's just that's been so funny because they're like, who who calls him mechanical cow? It's like one of those um, rides you do in the yes. pub, you know, to get a free drink or whatever. I'm looking at um, it. I'm looking at a picture because I can tell our listeners, Lizzie has sent us yeah. a, a, a number of pictures, and I see those antics there in the <laughs> pub as well. But I take it he's all right. It's it's only a graze. Isn't Everyone's it? no, it's yeah. only it's a graze. Everyone's fine. It's been so fun though. It's just been something else. The island hopping in Thailand is very much like kind of not the same, but like. There's an awful lot of similar things like the beaches, the bars, the like swimming, the snorkeling, the diving. Now, it's all amazing. Like, mm. I would not trade any of it in. But I think Vietnam was so much more, for us anyways, the, the route we took was so much more like kind of cultural. And like, we did an awful lot more like about the Vietnamese, whereas Thailand's been a lot more like 
relax and like going for a drink and going for a nice meal or whatever it was. Yes. So it's been nice to have the couple of like or and or days. But then we went from Co back to Phuket. Um, and that was that was a bit of a nearly a culture shock as well because Phuket is obviously mainland Thailand mm. but like the sex work industry is very very like crazy in Thailand and it's it's very weird for me I'm a 25 year old girl who doesn't come from that kind of a background whatsoever like I wouldn't know anything about it but you walk through the streets and you see really really young girls like putting themselves out for all sorts and it's just it's just you don't see that at home mm. and obviously like that happens all over the world everywhere it's just there was definitely we didn't see it as as much as what we saw in Phuket yes I think it was it was Bangla Road was just very heavily like if David walked down the street there he would not be offered the same things that I'd be offered when I walked down the street there if yes. you know what I mean it yes. was very much like that's where they're making their money and it's it's just insane. Like we just don't see that. We don't. I'm just. It was a culture shock, basically. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, it's yeah. it's shocking to see it, and it is a shock to the system, and it it's disconcerting to say the least. When 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 you see that uh, face to face and and firsthand. Overall, though, like food wise, uh, everything going well there. No deli belly or anything mm. like that. No. No. Oh well, we had we had one. We had, a few of us had one case. No one's had more than one though. Mm. Um, and we don't know what it's from. We 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 can't put it down to anything. We're like it could literally be bad ice. We got like if it's not bought in, they're using their own water here. They're used to it. We're not. It could literally be that. But no, we've been grand now food wise. We've actually we've actually been fairly living at large the food. Like we've been getting good meals and like nice food as well. Like we had lovely Indian food, we had lovely Thai food, lovely Vietnamese food. Like they really and they also have so many Western options now, no matter where you go now. It's you mm-hmm. can kind of get Yes. You can kind of ask for anything. Like I was I'm just I was at a pub yesterday and like Guinness was the main thing on sale now that's in Singapore I know it's a bit different but mm. I haven't seen a pint of Guinness in a couple of weeks now it was a bit of a shock to me <laughs> well uh, St. Patrick's Day is on the horizon and it's giving you exactly. a, a little reminder that the, the National Feast Day is happening the beach you sent me a picture of a beautiful beach in Thailand um, DiCaprio can you guess where is it DiCaprio's yes, movie DiCaprio. is it it is DiCaprio's movie. Yeah, I can't. What was it? What was the name called? Was it the beach? Was it's it called, called the beach? Yeah, yeah. I can't see what, what was it called? The beach. I thought I thought DiCaprio all right when I saw it for sure. Oh, it's simply stunning. And what about the elephant Amazing. sanctuary? The elephants? Yes. Oh my god. Oh no, Jerry. This was just a day in itself. Like it was one of my highlights from the whole trip so far. So obviously, I'd be very, I'd be very conscious on how they treat their animals and stuff. So we did an awful lot of research before going here and we found it was the best one to go to. They rescue animals from all sorts in Thailand. Very, very popular to use elephants for farming, for logging, for every tourism, for every kind of industry. They've used it throughout the years. Like even going back to wartime, they use elephants during wartime to ride them. Mm. Um, so obviously they, they an awful lot of injured elephants. To make an elephant understand what you wanted to do, you have to tame an elephant. And that process is just horrifying in itself if you look it up like and i I'm, i love animals i love my doggies i love i'm just an animal queen so we went to this one and it was just amazing it was just all these rescued like some of them were disabled some of them were injured some of them were too old to do what they did before and they're just roaming freely and they're just going for a wash in the river on their own like there's no 
constraints to what they do and don't have to do. And I just think that's really nice to see because like they're such, like they're four ton. They're huge animals. Like they're absolutely massive. And like the fact that they've been able to, people have like trained to do X, Y, and Z, but now they're actually able to just relax and be happy. Like, and they, they're the same as dogs. Like when they're happy, their tail wags and their ears flop. Like yes. the exact, like same personality as a dog. So I think when you're able to see, and like, when one of the elephants was brought in, like it was very, very, it was very nervous of anyone going near it. And like, they cry, like tears come out of their eyes. And I think that makes it really like, yes, human to be like, oh my God, I, that, the, oh, it just was like, it was a really fantastic day. And that sanctuary just did so much for mm. taking care of them. It was just amazing. But I also like, since I was young, my, my mom's listening. Hello, mommy. Hello, granny. I know you're listening as well. But uh, my mom would always get me elephant-related things, so she just knows that I I just love them. I don't know why. I just, mm. they just think they're gorgeous. <laughs> ah, listen, it's lovely, and you're very kind to send us the selection of pictures as well. It gives us a real feel for what you're doing. But listen, we're listening to you. Your enthusiasm, you're loving it. You're experiencing so much, and it is the trip of a lifetime for you. So where to now from here? You're in Singapore at the moment. What's your plans from here? So Singapore now. So basically, we have a flight tomorrow, not tonight, tomorrow morning, 2 a.m. We're flying into Sydney. And then our plans are loose. So <laughs> we have to see how we get on. Um, we have a couple of friends in Sydney at the moment. So we're all kind of scattered between their houses for the next couple of days. Right. And kind of, yeah, take it from there, see how we get on. I really, after doing this, like this was a six-week gap now we have done around Asia. I really just want to pack the bag again and go like somewhere like Japan or anywhere like Mexico, anywhere. It's just it's just so fun meeting people who are like yeah. out here, like just they've so much experience and they know so much from just traveling. Yeah. So watch this it's, space. Your plans were to settle down in Australia for a while and that. Who knows? Well, let them keep guessing here on Late Lunch because we've been talking to you. Don't tell us. It's a fluid situation. God knows where she'll be next. Well, look, it's lovely to catch up with you. You're great and uh, we wish everybody, you and uh, your good man and everybody else in the group, all safe journeys tomorrow as you head for Australia. And it's always great to have a chat with you. You're fantastic. And I want to say hello to your mammy and your nana too, your (laughs) granny as well. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Lizzie. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. Bye bye, bye bye. She's fantastic. What an experience it is for somebody in their 20s to live and experience all that. Isn't it simply wonderful? And we wish them safe journey and well. Well, that's it on Late Lunch for this afternoon. Thank you so much for your company right through the couple of hours. We'll be back tomorrow with Midweek Wednesday Show. And remember, short week this week. We're off from Thursday evening, of course, to celebrate the national holiday. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.